Blog Talk Radio. Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you can be all American. I'm actually, now. I'm actually, I can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. But I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host, Chad Wilson. They hating on me on set. You know, I got to do something in the mix. Bringing you high school, college, and NFL talk. I don't rap a discipline. Mr. You all need more discipline. True discipline. Come on, get a grip. Call us on the show today. Don't get out of my face with that crazy stuff. The number to call, 347-633-9365. If y'all got to take, y'all know that. Or you can reach us on Twitter, at GridironStud. And now, your host, Chad Wednesday, November 30th, fast approaching Christmas, done with Thanksgiving, on to Christmas, folks, and it's uh, the Great Iron Stud Show. Hey, I got to tell you this, I uh, I love college football, I really do love college football, but last night, uh, once again, sat through uh, the revealing of the college football playoff systems, rankings, blah, 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 whatever the hell you want to call it. Listen, I've been around for four-plus decades now, and I've been a college football fan for the majority of that. And I'm, I'm just really tired of watching the BS. Let's cut the BS, man. I've been sitting here watching all different kind of ways that have been come up with if I could use such a term, to determine who should be the national champion of college football. When I first came into this thing, there were two polls, a UPI poll and an AP poll. UPI has uh, since gone its merry way. It's died a death. But there was a UPI poll and an AP poll. And on some years, you would have a UPI poll champion and an AP poll champion. And so you split it. You had two champions. I mean, is that not some garbage? That's just like uh, the participation trophies in uh, youth sports. 
hey, everyone played, everyone gets a trophy. I hear people complaining about that. So you'd have two champions. Co-champions is what you'd have. And this went on for years and years and years. And then around the uh, end of my college football playing days, they came up with uh, this BCS thing. And it was uh, the no coaches poll that they introduced. I don't remember the year that they introduced the coaches poll as it supplanted the UPI poll. So it wasn't all about media members. Just think about that. There were guys in button-down shirts, pocket protectors, and so on that were voting and determining who the college football champion was. There was no actual championship game, by the way. The number one team at that time would play, you know, whoever, whatever the Bulls mandated. So it'd be like a Big 8 champion versus, uh, you know, an independent. Or a Big 8 champion versus, or the Big 10 champion versus the Pac-10 champion at the time. And if the Pac-10 champion happened to be the number one team in the country at that time, and the Big 10 champion had to be, uh, happened to be the number 10 team at that time, and the Pac-10 champion went on to beat the Big Ten champion, as would probably happen, well, then the Pac-10 team uh, was was voted the number one team in the country, and they were the champion. You know, so some of you 20-somethings or even some of you teenagers don't realize what this thing used to be. It's come a ways, but still, we're swimming in a pile of BS. But continuing on with the history, they came up with this BCS poll thing. Uh, and so there were BCS rankings, and it involved a culmination of several polls, including a coach's poll, an AP poll, and several other computer rankings, including something from the New York Times. Why the hell is the New York Times involved in picking a champion of college football? Why? And I love the New York Times. I'm a born New Yorker myself. Outstanding publication. But why in the hell would they be involved in picking a college football champion? Nevertheless, that was the system set up. And for a time, folks were happy with it. You know why they were happy with it? Because it, was, it just wasn't the whole uh, API-UPI poll thing. Or the coaches poll, AP poll thing. It was just different. We accepted it. We took it on. But during my lifetime, college football has found all a myriad of ways to determine champions other than just having a damn legit playoff. Putting the teams in divisions and conferences like every other normal goddamn sport that there is out there, not only in this country, but in the world. It's almost like it's death to the powers that be in college football. Uh, divisions, conferences, well, no, we can't do that. What about the sponsors and the bowls and the traditions? Man, give me a break with the traditions, okay? Oklahoma and Nebraska ended their traditional annual meeting. Michigan and Notre Dame is no more. They don't even do that anymore. There was a time when Army ruled college football. That's no more. There's a time when the Army-Navy game was everything. That's no more. Everything evolves in this sport. Everything else has evolved 
except the determining of champions. So um, now we have this four-team playoff thing. They threw that little carrot. They threw those seeds in your fence and want you to peck on that. Um, we, we will become tired of this system as we have become tired of every other system that has been put forth and uh, thrown upon the plates of college football fans throughout history. I think we're at that point already. There's just a mess at the end of every college football season, and uh, the powers that be seem to be okay with it, and I'm guessing the fans are okay with it. I, for one, am just like enough already. Maybe it's my four-plus decades uh, on earth, but enough. Let's put them in divisions and conferences, and let's go. Let's do this like every other sport, like basketball, like hockey, like football, like soccer, like handball, like paddleball, like everything else. This is the only sport in, in in the world where people get together in a conference room and determine who the hell we are going to see play for a championship. And we're all left to argue about it, bicker about it, and come up with other wild solutions that are usually some offspring, offshoot of the crap that we have now. Uh, an 18 playoff. We should have a 12-team playoff, 16-team playoff. Man, to hell with all that. Get rid of the rankings as a determining factor for who the hell plays for championships. The polls are opinions. We need facts when it comes to determining a champion. We need that. That's exactly what we need, facts. Did you win your division? Yes. Did you win your conference? Yes. Did you get in the playoff? Yes. Did you win playoff games? Yes. Did you get all the way to the end? Yes. Did you win a championship game after with another team that made it all the way to the end? Yes. You're the champion. When the uh, New England Patriots defeated the Seattle Seahawks in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, was anyone d- disputing that? The only controversy was the last play call by the Seattle Seahawks. But there was no controversy over the fact that we watched the New England Patriots go through rounds of playoff games to get to this thing called a Super Bowl, and we watched the Seattle Seahawks go through rounds of playoff games to get to this thing called a Super Bowl, and they met the New England Patriots, and the New England Patriots met the Seattle Seahawks, and a game was played, and at the end of 60 minutes, one team had more points than the other team, and that team raised up the trophy, and we all recognized that team as the champion of NFL football for that year. No dispute. Boom. Wow. Crazy talk. I mean, if college football fans would just step back and take a look at this thing and realize just how utterly ridiculous it is. You'd slap yourself and wake up and say, you're not going to take this anymore. You're not. Do you people understand that on every Tuesday... Uh, I don't know how many people it is. Is it 12? It should be. just feels like a jury. However many people it is, I refuse to go find out exactly how many because it's stupid. But uh, a a handful of people, some of them are commissioners of conferences that are involved in college football. Yeah, wrap your mind around that foolishness. Go into a conference room, have a meeting, And at the end, they come out and tell you who they think are the best teams in college football. F what you think. They're telling you. Kirby Hocutt is going to come out and tell you. And then they're going to pick the station where they release these things, too. Yeah, they're doing that. 
hey, ESPN, you're going to have dibs on this thing. So you can have a release show, a rankings release show. So we got together in our Dockers, and in our spare time, we watched some football games, and then we're going to tell you, America, who we think's the best. Don't believe your eyes. Just go with what we say. And, you know, there's no agendas or anything like that. No, no, not at all. Just have a bunch of people get in a room, and there'll be no agendas, because that would be the only thing in this society where there are no agendas involved. There's a meeting. There's a meeting. This is unacceptable, people. Do you know what this is? You know, do you know what this is like? This would be like us watching the Olympics, watching the 100 meters with our own two eyes, watching the 100 meters run, seeing the order in which people came across the line, and then... We do not determine at that time who won, who is the champion. We have four or five guys go into a meeting room, discuss the race, give their opinion on what they saw and the factors, and then come out and tell you who is the 100-meter champion of the Olympics. That's what. That's basically what it is. Wrap your mind around that, people. So... You watched the Olympic 100 meters. You saw Usain Bolt win it, but then a couple of people got in a room and told you, well, you know, you know, man, Tyson Gay kind of got a late start, and then he made up some ground towards the end on Usain Bolt. That's pretty amazing. I think Tyson Gay should be the champion of the Olympic 100 meters. And then someone else in the room says, well, I don't know, man, you know, Asafa Powell got a good start, and for 60 meters, he was winning the race. For 60 meters, he had a lead. He had the lead for the longest during the race, and I think he probably is the champion. Would you accept that as a sports fan? As a fan of the Olympics, as the fans of track and field? That, folks, is what we've got going on. That foolishness right there, that's the best analogy I could give you. That's not what we have in the Olympic 100 meters. The people you see in the Olympic 100 meters went through several rounds, beat the people they needed to beat, and in the end, they are one of eight in the blocks. A gun is snapped. They run the race, and someone... Finishes the crossing, crosses the finish line first, and that person is the champion. Wow. That is cutting edge. Unbelievable, actually. That's amazing. Somehow we can't do that in college football. College football just looks, at the end of every year, completely goopy, and I dare say corrupt. Looks corrupt. How corrupt would it be if uh, going back to that 100 meter dash uh, scenario, that you sat there and watched it, and you saw Usain Bolt win, and then some people come out of a room and tell you that Tyson Gay is the winner, would that not be corrupt? Would you not think that was corrupt, or at the at the, at, at the least goofy, stupid? 
I mean, the powers that be in college football got to really love the fact that the college football fans really love college football. They got to really cherish that fact. Because if they didn't, I mean, they'd be gone. This is stupid. I'm watching last night Joey Galloway and Kirk Herbstreit going back and forth as to the merits of Michigan. And should they be in the top four? And would they leapfrog Wisconsin or, or, you know, Washington? If Michigan, uh, who's not going to play this weekend, becomes a beneficiary of a big Wisconsin loss or a Penn State loss. What? They're going back and forth about that. Folks are having arguments and heated discussions about it. Cut the BS. I have it right now. It's a pinned tweet at the top of the Gridiron Stud Show Twitter account, and that's at GIS Show BG. I put 120 teams in the divisions and conferences. Regionalize. Let's get that done. Let's do it. Stop the BS. If Usain Bolt crosses the finish line first, That's your champion. We don't have that in college football. It's an opinion. Well, I don't know. He ran faster. Well, did you see the miles per hour for the guy from Trinidad? He was was the fastest. He reached the highest miles per hour during this race. I think he deserves some votes as a champion. I want you to wrap your mind around that analogy. Watch a 100-meter dash, and at the end of the race, People go into a room and they vote on who the champion is, despite what you saw, despite what you saw, despite who you saw cross the line first, four or five people are going to tell you what you saw. It's the most asinine thing, and we just continue to accept it, and it's so ridiculous. I seem pretty passionate about that, but I'm also passionate about a lot of things as it has to do with college football, and so that is not... The uh, topic for today, the topic of uh, for today's discussion is if you were a college football coach, and let's say you're at one of these top college football programs. I don't want to just say power five. Let's just go with the top programs out there, the top eight to ten programs out there. And you've got to hire a guy for your staff. And the choice is either the best recruiter or the best developer of talent? Which way do you go? Do you hire the best recruiter, or do you hire the best developer of talent? That's a discussion on the show today. I put this poll up yesterday uh, on our Twitter account, and the results were a little surprising. I think folks were probably lying, probably lying. And I'll tell you why I think the poll results were a lie. Do that when I return from the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. Hey, hey, hey. Do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. 
turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code Gridiron Studs when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code Gridiron Studs. Do it now! You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills, and in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. Are you a property owner or want to be one, but you don't have time for property management? Then get an MVP on your team. Who has time for the letting process, for arranging inventories and organizing pre-tenancy cleaning, dealing with deposit negotiations, and negotiating with service suppliers and maintenance? No one's got time for that. MVP does, though. Get this MVP on your team. You can rely on MVP property management to offer you an extreme amount of quality and professional services for your money. And because they know that everyone is different, they pride themselves in providing a professionalized service to each and every one of their clients. So how do you get this MVP on your team? It's simple. Pick up the phone and call right now. 844-696-8722. That's 844-MY-MVP-CC. Or send an email to info at mymvp.cc. Get this MVP on your team and start winning today. Just be the self self Show 1023. Before the break, uh, I'll let you know what the topic was here. Uh, if you're going to hire one coach on your staff, you got one opening there. 
All right, we don't know what your staff is comprised of. Please don't start thinking about all of the different parameters involved. Let's just look at this thing uh, in a phone booth, if you will. You got one. You can hire one coach, and you can get one or the other. Best recruiter or best developer of talent. Which way are you going to go? I'm essentially asking what's most important of a coach in the college football game right now. I guess that's essentially what I'm asking here. And so I ran this poll yesterday on my gridironstuds.com account, at gridironstuds, for those of you who are not followers. And uh, there were some results. And I just, uh, I don't believe the results. I don't believe this poll. I think lies were told. And I'll tell you why. First of all, let me give you the results of the poll. Best developer of talent was the winner in this poll by a margin of 55% to 45%. That was, that was a result. I'm going to read you the actual question. You're the head coach of a college football program, hiring an assistant, and you have your choice of these two. Which one do you choose? Best recruiter or best developer of talent? And your winner was best developer of talent, 55% to 45%. Not 52 to 48, not 51 to 49, 55 to 45%, 10%, pretty decent margin on that. And I think some lies were told there because that's not how we act as fans. It's not how fans act. It's not how they conduct themselves in social media. It's not the way that they portray themselves. This is not the way that the media at large behaves. Because I'm sure anyone with any reasonable amount of intelligence understands that it takes time to develop talent. Even more so if you're a coach stepping into a program with a scheme that is quite a bit of a departure from what was previously there. And one of the biggest examples of that could be, let's say, Rich Rodriguez taking over at Michigan. You remember that. He came in, a total departure from what Michigan had been in the past. Slobberknocker football, tight end, fullback, that kind of stuff. And he came in with a spread offensive attack. And uh three three five defense that's a little more predicated on blitzing, a little more finesse, let's just say, than what had been there in the past. And the fan base grew impatient rather quickly. Now, let's understand that, you know, when you're doing that, you're going to need to, A, bring in the kind of players that can thrive in that system, and then you're going to need to develop that talent and change some of the mindset and the, and the thinkings and the thoughts. You know, things that you do when you're developing talent, you need a little time to do that. Fan base didn't want it. Didn't have time for that. We're losing to Ohio State. We've lost, we're losing to Michigan State. We're not playing for the Big Ten Championship. We're not in the consciousness of college football right now the way that we want to be. We don't have time for you to develop talent. No. And so they brought in Brady Hoke, who was uh, a return to traditional Michigan football, the Bo Beckler stuff. 
two back, tight end, physical football. A slower game, but physical. And what Brady Hoke needed to do was now take the spread offense type players and the finesse style, speedy, more blitz-oriented style defensive players and uh, turn them into what it is that he does and what Michigan fans said they wanted a return to. In other words, he needed to develop talent. He needed to get the talent there, uh, and then with what he got, he needed to develop it. Fan base didn't have time for that. We're losing to Ohio State. We're losing to Michigan State. We're not playing for the Big Ten Championship. We're not as relevant as we want to be immediately or within three years here at Michigan. We need to fire Brady Hoke. And it was ugly at the end. They wanted him out of there. Rinse and repeat this, okay, at many colleges. And we're going to watch it again this year as coaches continue to go down. Elfrich just went down at Oregon. And I'm not saying some of these coaches that get fired don't deserve to go. I mean, it just wasn't a good fit. But in a lot of places, this is what you have going on. So 55% of fans say uh, they want a developer of talent. Well, a developer, developing talent takes time. doesn't happen overnight. Got to change your mindset. You've got to get them in a weight room. You've got to get them to play a certain way in your scheme. These things take time. They don't happen overnight. So what happened at Michigan? Uh, Michigan replaced Rich Rodriguez with Brady Hoke. And as I said, two back, tight end, that type of football. Didn't give him. Uh, I've always said five years is what a college coach needs. He needs five years. Judge him after five years. And not necessarily at the record at the end of five years, just the direction that this thing is moving in. And that last year for Brady Hoke, I'm, I can almost guarantee it, the media pressure, the fan pressure, the outside noise just became too much, made it very difficult. It, it prohibited this team from being what they could be, in my opinion. It became a problem. Like, players couldn't function. If you think... College football players are insulated from the social media buzz. And the media buzz, you're sorely mistaken. They're very much up in it. They're of that age. They use social media. They hear things. Constant negativity will eat away at them. They're not superhuman. As much as you may think so because you see them perform certain acts on the football field, that's athletically. Mentally, they're still fragile young people who have not established themselves in a world and are subject to having their thinking changed. And so it was ugly that final year at Michigan. However, what Brady Hoke had done was return the team to traditional Michigan football. And so since Brady Hoke didn't win this thing fast enough, he wasn't beating Ohio State fast enough, Michigan State fast enough, playing for the Big Ten Championship fast enough, they got rid of him and they brought in Jim Harbaugh. And that's who's there now. Well, you know what Jim Harbaugh runs? Two back, tight end, Michigan football. So right now, Jim Harbaugh comes in. He's going to get all the benefits of the doubt considering what he had done in some previous places, San Francisco, Stanford, you know, UC San Diego. 
And so those same players are now being greeted with such positivity from the fan base and social media and media circles because it's Jim Harbaugh. But essentially what had happened here is, yes, Jim Harbaugh is a good coach. I can't dispute that. Can't even get into that argument here. It'd be a waste of time. Good coach. But now Jim Harbaugh did not have the task of taking spread football players on offense and finesse blitzing speed type players on defense and turn them into what it is Jim Harbaugh does, which is Michigan football, two-back, tight end, four-man, five-man front, defense, physical, all that. You know what Jim Harbaugh inherited? Exactly what it is it is he does, those type of players. And just a little tweak here and there, and you have the power of positivity behind social media and media, and now these players can play to their full potential. They don't have all this noise in their air. Jim Harbaugh looks like the greatest coach ever. And Brady Hoke, he sucks. You doubt that? You dispute that? Feel free to call me. The number is 347-633-9365. That's what happened there. That's what happened at Michigan. I would love to have seen Jim Harbaugh follow up Rich Rodriguez at Michigan. And let's just see just how quick things would have turned around there for him. Would they be where they are now if he had to turn, uh, develop, if he had to be a developer of talent and turn spread-type offensive players, jump in there where there's no legit tight end on the roster, no legit fullback on the roster, and run an offense that's predicated on the physicality of a tight end and a fullback? Would he have been given the time to develop that talent? I'm going to tell you one of the best skills that you have as a college football coach, if you're going to be called one of the best, and let's just look at the three guys that we consider to be the best college football coaches right now, Nick Saban, Jim Harbaugh, Urban Meyer, the best skill that they have as coaches is picking the proper job, without question. I can guarantee you, had Michigan come calling to Jim Harbaugh to replace Rich Rodriguez, he would have vetoed that. Jim Harbaugh has that skill. I can pick a job. I can look at Stanford and realize that what they do there and the type of athletes that they get at Stanford is going to mesh really well with my philosophy. So I'm going to leave San Diego and I'm going to go to Stanford. A little tweak here and there and I could run this thing and make it look really, really nice and parlay that into a better job. Like a job with the San Francisco 49ers who had talent all over their roster that was just underperforming because the coach previously, for whatever reason, maybe just not that good, couldn't get it to happen there. So he picked a fine job in the San Francisco 49ers. Did his thing. Did his thing there, no doubt. But Harbaugh has been skilled at picking jobs where only a tweak here and there is needed. Not a full rebuild, oh, developer of talent job. He doesn't grab those developer of talent jobs. Where I got to go in here and I got to gut this whole house. I got to redo the tile. I got to take wallpaper off the walls and modernize this thing. I've got to take this silly tile and wood paneling off the wall in the bathrooms and turn it into something modern. He doesn't take those kind of jobs, folks. 
This is also true for Urban Meyer. I am fully impressed by Urban Meyer's career path. Well done. Well put together. A good coach, a great coach. Now I'm not taking that away from him at all. Absolutely not. But I'm going to tell you his best skill is picking the next job. So from Bowling Green to Utah to Florida to chilling out and waiting and then grabbing that Ohio State job where I know I am going to have talent, where I know I can get the athletes I need, the type of athletes I need to run my system. And and flourish in a Big Ten, which at the time in which he entered was downtrodden. It was the butt of jokes. They would go to they would go to bowl games every year and get completely smacked around. I could go in there and be the toast of the town. Now he hadn't really bargained on Jim Harbaugh showing up soon after he took the job, but nevertheless, at the time he walked in the door, all eyes on him. And I've got a traditional school that has no problem. Uh, I can walk in the door with an Ohio State polo and my name and get what I want. Excellent job choice. But flipping it back to you as fans, you say you want a developer of talent. You don't give them, you don't give people that time. You don't. The moment the coach just doesn't seem like he's getting it done, you want him out of there. And you're not paying attention at all to what it is he's doing, what he inherited, what he's got to do. Charlie Strong, Texas. I think Charlie, uh, you know, I mean, Charlie didn't pick the best job for him. He was he was lacking that skill. That's all important in being a big time, legendary college coach, being able to pick the proper job. Maybe Charlie will acquire that skill now, but I don't know what kind of opportunities he's going to get since he failed here and ended up getting fired. This is something those big three uh, have not experienced. Nick Saban hasn't experienced that. He was on the cusp of getting fired at Michigan State, and I think that was the turning point for Nick Saban in his career. I'm just I'm not going to be that coach. Fortunately, Nick Saban was in that era at Michigan State where they kind of still gave you a chance to get things turned around. And Nick was struggling, taking some losses. This Nick Saban guy that's the god of college football, he was struggling at Michigan State. Go, you know, do a little history on that. You got it all at your fingertips right there on this thing called the Internet. Wikipedia could help you with that. He was struggling at Michigan State. On the verge, folks, I'm sure the discussions... Uh, from what I could remember, were happening about what to do with this Nick Saban coach that we have here, this guy we got from Western Michigan. I mean, is he the answer for us here? He was on the cusp. And in this day and age, Nick Saban would have been fired. That discussion would have happened a year sooner than it did, and he would have been fired. But they gave him a little bit more of a chance, and Nick Saban had an epiphany somewhere. And he had a couple of big wins in that next year, and put some feelers out, and that LSU job came open, and Nick Saban took it and ran. Nick Saban looked at that LSU job and said, look at where I'm situated. Look at the conference that I'm in. 
Look at the access that I have to the talent inside of Louisiana. I have Texas right over here close to me, Houston, a rich area for talent, and I could slide down into the state of Florida and grab some other items here and there. And this really might be a golden egg for me. There was a little bit of a void in the SEC there at the time. And Nick Saban took that job at LSU. Juan there did his thing, parlayed it into an NFL job. And who knows just how much he planned that out. Well, I can't just stay here at this LSU thing. I want a championship. How many? Can I win multiple championships here? Can I put them back to back? Let me look around at the rest of this conference. Let me see who's coming in here. What's Florida look like? What's Auburn look like? Is Alabama going to be a problem? Am I going to be able to string together championships here? Because now I've reached a mountaintop. Not getting a championship the next year is going to be a problem. And if I have two years since without returning to the championship, there's going to be a serious problem here. So you know what? Uh, people think I'm a great coach. There's a job coming open in the NFL. It's the Miami Dolphins. It's not in Green Bay. It's a nice place for me to live. I can go down there, hide out for a little while, plan my next college football move. And so he did. I don't know that Nick Saban really truly wanted to be an NFL head coach. And if he didn't necessarily know the answer to that before taking a job at the Dolphins, oh, moments into being the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, he realized NFL is not for me. I don't have control here. There's a general manager that picks guys for me. And I need to pick my guys. If anyone knows Nick Saban now, you have to know that that's a big deal. I'm going to pick the guys that are going to play for me. I'm going to have control over a lot of things. Almost just about everything. I'm going to have control of everything. That's how I operate. That's how I build this thing. Perhaps he learned that back at Michigan State. I need to have control. So the Alabama job came along. He denied it, denied it, denied it, then took it. It might have been what he wanted all along. He might have seen the blessing of Alabama. Boosters, they love football there. They'll do anything that they have to do, need to do to, to be a winner. And I can go there and be in full control. I could start winning, and I could ask for almost anything, and they'll give it to me. New facilities, outstanding facilities, a playground, basically. I can pay my strength coach close to a million dollars because I've learned that that's very important, strength and conditioning and building up athletes. I can get the best coordinators. I can get the best position coaches. I can get a big house, not pay for it, not pay for anything. And I can go in the state of Alabama and get any player that I want. Once I start winning, I can go through throughout the southeast of, this, of uh, this country and grab whatever I need. And that's where Nick Saban is right now. Nick Saban, and then there's everyone else. He picked the right job. Nick Saban didn't get out of uh, the NFL and say, oh, I'm going to go to UTEP. He didn't say, I'm going to go to, you know, Vanderbilt. He didn't say that. He didn't do that. He didn't say, I'm going to go to North Carolina. He didn't do that. I got to gut the house at North Carolina and Vanderbilt and all these other places. I got to replace all the tile, the wood floors. I got I to do all that. I got to knock down a wall. I got to redo the landscape. They, he doesn't take that kind of job. He doesn't do that. 
got to go develop all this talent. So you folks out there saying you want a developer of talent, that takes time. You guys don't give time. I'll be back to talk more about this on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. You want to join me on the show, though, 347-633-9365. Developer of talent or best recruiter? Where do you stand on this? I'll be back right after this. Sure, someone's gone, winch is here. But that doesn't mean everyone's putting their t-shirts away. Whether it's the company recreational basketball team, the youth soccer league for the kids, or the Halloween party your buddy throws every year, t-shirts are as much a part of the American culture as Tom Brady deflating footballs. Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay even higher prices. More colors, more costly. The answer? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. Whether it's your 7-on-7 team, your child's birthday party, or the family reunion, you can do it yourself and they'll look great. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, do the wording, whatever you want, print it on your own inkjet paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, and iron it on with your own hand iron. The design or pictures you put on your t-shirts are limited only by your own imagination and creativity. If you dream it up and design it, the paper soul at t-shirtsupplies.com can get it onto your t-shirt. By the way, don't worry if you haven't done it before. As T-Shirt Supplies has first-rate customer service, they'll help you get the right paper for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirt, no hyphen, supplies pearl, all one word, dot com. Or call them at 1-877-857-2737. 1-857-85-PAPER. T-ShirtSupplies.com. Go there now. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We've got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. Folks, it's back. Now it's time to get free health insurance for you and your loved ones. Primary care insurance is now enrolling individuals into their Obamacare insurance plans. So call today, 954-278-8696. That's uh, 954-278-8696. That's correct. Free health insurance, Obamacare, is now available from November 1st to January 31st. But it's urgent that you call today, 954-278-8696. Let them know that you heard it on the Gridiron Stud Show Open enrollment only comes once a year. This means that the government is willing to pay for your health insurance needs. Can't beat that. So don't miss out on your opportunity. The time to get free health insurance for you and your family is now. So again, please call 
954-278-8696. Let them know you heard it on the Gridiron Stud Show. Or you can visit their website, OptimumNationalInsurance.com. Again, that's OptimumNationalInsurance.com. All right, getting back to our discussion here about uh, what do you want? If you can hire, if you've got one spot open on your coaching staff, your big-time college football coach, and uh, your choice is best recruiter, best recruiter or best developer of talent, which way do you go? So I've heard all of the uh, discussions out there. You know, I did put this up as a poll on the gridironstuds.com uh, Twitter account and um, also had it up on Facebook. And there's some valid points made on both sides. You know, obviously a developer of talent can take someone who's not a five-star, maybe a three-star, and turn them into a five-star. And I've heard that, listen, um, and the people who've made the valid point that I just made in the last segment, that you don't, you know, you don't get those kind of opportunities in this day and age to uh, turn three stars into five stars because it takes too much time. You got to win immediately. You got to do what Harbaugh did. You got to do what uh, Urban Meyer did, uh, or they're looking to fire you. I mean, sat here and watched social media melt down uh, about Jim McElwain because he's lost back-to-back games. Um, and hadn't, you know, let's be honest, the team hasn't looked good uh, in their two games against Florida State under Jim McElwain. But they're folks talking about his replacement. He's two years into the job. He's going to his second SEC championship. He's been there two years. Two SEC. Are you are you serious? That's a Florida team that not too long ago was four and eight. Got smashed in a bowl game by Louisville. And was absolutely devoid of offensive talent. Not the kind of talent you would see at a school like a Florida. You want him fired because of the Florida State game? So that's the fan base now. And that's not just at Florida. That's everywhere at every big top program. They wanted Clay Helton fired at the beginning of this year. Imagine if Twitter ran college football programs. Clay Helton would be out. Right now, folks are talking about USC being second to Alabama in college football. But Twitter would have fired him week four. Clay Helton needed to develop some things there. But then on the flip side, Clay Helton's new into the job, and look at where USC now, and people would say that's what it's supposed to be like. So uh, Arizona or Arizona State, two, two programs that are struggling right now, uh, decide to replace their coaches. Whoever comes in there needs to have them in the Pac-12 championship game by 2018 or they're calling for their head. That would be the same at UCLA. We don't give people time to develop talent. That's the point I'm making on the show today. So here's where I stand with it. I'm a coach, true and true. And I just can't live with having a young man come into my program eager to learn, eager to be the best, eager to be better than he was, and I can't, I'm not able to provide that. Because uh, I'm on the coaching staff, I'm an outstanding recruiter, so you put me on the coaching staff, but despite the fact that I have, that I played defensive back, and I've coached defensive backs, and on offense I've coached wide receivers, 
you uh, now make me the offensive line coach because you so wanted me for my recruiting prowess. And the only opening you had was offensive line. And rather than let me go to a rival in your conference and grab recruits that you want, you put me on the staff and gave me that only open job, which is offensive line. I can't coach offensive linemen. I can, but I can't make them the best that they can be. I don't have enough of a working knowledge of that position. I can't climb into their mind. I can't climb into the mind of an offensive lineman. Could I be an offensive coordinator and have a big picture idea of what the offensive line should be? Sure. But the ins and outs, the steps, the techniques, the mentality, the how to handle failure, this game is 80% mental. How good am I going to be on that part? So a young man that comes into our program with me as their offensive line coach, I went out and because I've got really good lyrics and I can convince a mom and uh, have drinks and slap dad on the back that I can get the best offensive lineman in uh, my state to come here. I can get that kid here, but he's not going to be the best he could be because I just don't, I'm not equipped to make that happen. That would just eat away at me. And so if I'm the head coach of a program, I want that for each and every kid that comes through. And so I want developers of talent. I want that 18-year-old to come in and leave as a 21, 22-year-old that really accomplished something in his life. That's me. With that jive with the current college football system, it might not. I probably I might get fired. Because if I've put my staff together of guys that can coach first, recruit second, I'm probably going to be looking at grabbing, you know, the 30th, 35th class and have to do what Mark D'Antonio is doing at Michigan State and make the most of that and hope to God that uh, I don't get fired. I've got to hope first that Twitter doesn't fire me because when Twitter fires you, they get around to getting to your administration who eventually fires you because Twitter said so. That's me. I want an 18-year-old. Parents trusted me, and he himself trusted me that I am going to make him all that he can be. And that's not just athletically, but primarily, because let's face it, that's what it is. I'm going to want to turn him into the best possible 21-year-old, 22-year-old football player that he can be. And I'm going to want each one of my staff members to do that first. Now, granted, I'm not stupid. If I'm running a program, I know somewhere on my staff and in a couple of places I'm going to have to have guys that uh, can recruit their rear ends off. That's their thing. That's what they do. But if I've got a full staff, man, where do I make that sacrifice? Do I bring in a guy who's not that good at making a linebacker better, but he can bring the best guys here? So the linebackers, uh, we're just, I'm just going to have to go on the understanding that linebackers are just not going to reach their potential in my program. Because Coach Slapyourback here can get the best guys in. Well, if I want to keep my job, 
and I want to keep my legend and my reputation in the sport, I'm, I'm faced with that fact, that reality. A couple of positions here are not going to get the best coaching, but I'm going to get the best guys. And they're going to make plays for me on Saturday immediately. They're going to come in as freshmen and make super plays, great catches, long runs, outstanding blocks, put tremendous pressure on the quarterback, lock down receivers, whatever the case may be, and uh, walk up out of here in two or three years, really not that much better than what they were their senior years of high school. But they're just so far advanced, I can take what it is they're giving me. Because if I go on the premise, and and based on what it is you folks say that you want, I am going with these lies, and I say they're lies. That's what I say they are. Uh, if I go on these lies that you're saying where you want a developer of talent, and I full well know that if I take a three-star, if I got a team full of three-stars, they're not quite physically as good as the five-star 18-year-olds, and it's going to take me probably till they're 20 years old to get them to that point that I'm going to run out of time. I mean, Brady Hoke did. I mean, Will Muschamp did. Charlie Strong did. Ran out of time. You're going to run out of time. They need a winner, and they need it now. That does not scream developer of talent, people. That's why I say this poll's a lie. 55% to 45%. Y'all said you want a developer of talent. You're lying. Not what I see when I go on social media. And the people who voted on this poll are the people that I see posting on social media, unless I've got a lot of silent folks out there that just like polls. They're on Twitter just for the polls. It's that or you lied. 55, you know what I mean? Some people lied. You lied. Not what you want. You want a winner and you want it now. And that screams best recruiter. That's what that screams. You need a winner within two years. You need Not only do you need a winner within two years, you need to be in that college football playoff within two years or your coach sucks and he needs to go. You need to smash your, your in-state rival or your closest rival within two years. You need to be beating that guy by two, three touchdowns or he's gone. You want him out. That's not developer of talent. That's best recruiter. Now, am I lying? And you know I'm not. I see it every week. I see it every year. They want guys gone. There are guys that are getting fired today. There are guys that, are going to get, that were fired yesterday. Guys are going to get fired this week. And I don't know how many. I'm going to have to do a little research. How many of these guys have been fired recently? In this last year, or a couple of years, let me do a little research on that. How many of these guys got five years? You need five years to develop talent. So you folks that like, oh, you want developer of talent? Five years. You're going to have to go through some stuff. Somewhere in there, you might have a debilitating loss. You might lose to Georgia Southern. You might lose to Kansas for the first time since there were automobiles. No one wants to hang through the lows anymore. Nobody wants to do that. I mean, how sweet would it have been three years from now for Charlie Strong 
to be in a college football championship game, winning it, holding that trophy over his head, and in that speech look back and say we were in our darkest hour against Kansas, losing that game, and they stormed on the field, and I was in that press conference um, as moved to tears as I can be, as a man as strong as I am, and here we are today. From that low point, we are here now. Raising the trophy, we are the kings of college football. How sweet would that have been? That's not going to happen. Tom Herman's going to come in there now. And we can discuss as to whether or not Tom Herman has followed the correct career path to get to where he is now, to where he can be a success at Texas. I'm still examining that. Does a couple of years in Houston now make you, uh, does that, did that give you all the tools you needed to be in a, a success at a place like, like Texas? That's going to have to be a discussion for a later show. You folks out there that think that's a slam dunk hire, I don't know. What does history tell us? I would not be so sure about that. But nevertheless, um, time for me to wrap this whole thing up. I hope you enjoyed this discussion today. I hope you don't, you know, take it all personal that I called some of you out there liars, a lot of you out there liars. But when I look at this poll and I match it up with the behavior that I see in social media from a lot of you, something just doesn't jive. When you want your coach fired within two years and he's winning, but not winning how you want him to win, you can't sit up here and tell me you want developers of talent. That's The lie detector has determined that is a lie. I'm sitting here looking at Twitter right now, and I go scroll through, I see a official We Support Coach Mac. Talking about Jim McElwain, who's about to play in his second SEC championship game in as many years as coach of Florida. They have to put together a tweet, like a hashtag that says, we support Coach Mac. Are you kidding me? You serious right now? This is a thing that's actually happening? Really? Give me a, give me a break. Where are we at? That does not scream developer of talent, folks. That's a lie. That screams recruit, best recruiter. You want all five stars in here because you think that's all that it takes to win. So that's where I stand on that, folks. You can uh, juggle that around how you want. I'm going to have a lot more people listening to this on the archive version, and if you're doing that, man, listen, feel free. Take the time to reach out to me on Twitter at GISShowBG with your thoughts on what I said here today. Just don't be silent on it. Let's have a discussion about it. You folks are lying, man. You want best recruiter, not developer of talent. No, 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 you don't. You want that coach winning within a year, two years. He's got to be smashing the in-state rival, and he's got to be in the college football playoff, or you want him fired. That's uh, best recruiter, so cut the lies. Stop it. You need someone to tell you that. Just quit lying. That's where we are on that today. So am I wrong on that? You let me know. All right, we'll reach the end of the show here, so you can't dial in, but... Um, reach out to me on Twitter and correct me if I'm wrong at G-I-S-Show-B-G you folks out there you lied on my poll man you want best recruiter because you need to win right now or the coach sucks alright I'm back tomorrow talking uh, in-state Florida football Florida State Miami Florida Gators who are uh, headed into the game against Alabama and the lord of college football Nick Saban Also talk some college football in general because, as I told you when this began, I love college football. I just hate what we have as a playoff system. People in a boardroom uh, eating pizza, coming out, telling us who the best teams are. Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. So I'll be talking about 
a little bit more about that and just anything else that comes up over the next 24 hours here in college football. I want to thank you all for listening to this show today and for making this a featured show on blogtalkradio.com. Enjoy the rest of your day, and uh, I'll see you folks tomorrow. Thanks for listening. I'm so strangers have it all. You high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit quitironsuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting, we've got people visiting, we've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile, takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. Quitironsuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now, set your profile up, and let yourself be seen.